Hello and welcome to episode six, wow, uh, of the Star Trek podcast, Trek This Out. Um, I'm your host, as always it appears. I'm Bob uh, and I'm joined by my co-host this week. I'm joined by Lindsay. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Uh, John. Hello. And Andrea. Hello. Hello. No, Sucky this week, he's in Germany molesting pirates or something. I'm not quite sure what he's doing, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, and on this week's... <laughs> yeah. He just sent me pictures of him um, running after pirates and then watching um, Take Me Out in uh, German with the man in a blue hat. It was all weird. Um, anyway, uh, on this episode, we're reviewing episode five of series one of Star Trek Picard, Stardust City Rag. We'll be giving our lights out of five. We'll be reading out your lovely feedback and we'll be voting for the red shirt. But before all that, I'm going to engage warp drive. Okay, warp drive engaged. Um, before we get into our review, um, it's of a bit of a natter. Um, talking of... Um, Star Trek alcohol, by the way. I've got a can of beer from the Yeasty Boys called uh, Earl Grey IPA. And it does taste a bit like Earl Grey in beer form, which is very nice. Also, I saw on the internet that there's some guys pretty pretty well on down the road and has actually made a synthetic alcohol, which has all the desirable effects of alcohol, as in getting drunk, but none of the health risks or hangovers. So that's a bit Star Trek-y booze, isn't it? Synthetic alcohol. Hmm. Um, I saw that on the internet. Uh, anyway, that's that's literally all I've got. Uh, Andrea, you've got a few bits, I'm sure. I've got some snippets. Um, so on Convention Watch, um, Destination Star Trek London is looking very Voyager-centric. Um, they've pretty much just released whole crew photo ops, which I think some people are going to break the bank to get their hands on. Um, I think they're announcing a few more guests over the next couple of weeks. Um, so hopefully there's going to be quite a good line-up there. Um, how, how, much, how much is a full crew uh, picture? Because we, we had... Proctor here had a picture with three doctors, I think it was, and it was 75 quid um, for that. So a, f- a full crew picture, I imagine, is a lot of money. I, I have a feeling it's about 300 quid. Um, oh. Don't quote me on that, but I-, I have a feeling it's in that kind of ballpark. Um, it's an expensive photo, but then it's probably a lot cheaper than getting individual ones, but it depends what you want to do, I suppose, and how many times are you going to get that? I know sort of a couple of years ago, the, the Deep Space Nine one, was was quite a quite a desirable thing to get your hands on. Um, no, Avery doesn't do conventions um, anymore. I don't think so. Um, I think with the Voyager one, at least you're pretty much getting a full compliment there. That's good. Well, you can all you can all chip in, can't you? Group here, twenty quid each or whatever. No, it's a large group, but you know, it, it spreads the cost. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think you have to pay per person. Do you? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, Doctor Who. We were seventy-five quid. If I was going to fleece. If I was going to fleece the fan base. I'd judge by person. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Best way. Yeah. Well, no, Doctor Who. They, they, they let you sort of chip in, and we had a, a group shot, which was lovely. Uh, any more news, Andrea? Apologies. 
Um, new promo images out for season three of Discovery. Um, I think they were leaked, actually. Um, there's sort of an image with, with the crew um, holding a, a sort of looking very battered Federation flag. Um, there's a new character on there who I think is previously unseen um, and we don't know anything about at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think a couple of people got their wrists slapped for releasing that because I don't think that was meant to be floating around yet. Um, so I don't think anyone's answered any questions on, on, on the new crew member as yet. Oh. Um, and in my final bit of news, I, I was speaking to Captain Locker himself on Thursday <laughs> night. Um, I would like to say he's live, he's in one piece. Uh, <laughs> I haven't kidnapped any more of them. Um, one in the basement's enough. Um, I was looking fit and well. I saw him at the theatre, which was excellent. Um, and he sends his love to the uh, the Trek Miss Out team. Oh, bless him, Mr. Isaacs. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you on the subject of Jason Isaacs. I saw I finished watching the OA. I know this is off topic. Um, and have you seen all the OA? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So right at the end, he says, like, he, he it all goes weird. And he says, that's my wife, to, about um, Piri or whatever. Is that his actual wife in real life? No. Uh, I thought they'd like gone because he said I'm Jason Isaacs, uh, and that's my wife. And I was like, oh, well, is that his wife in real life? I just wanted to know that. And no, I, knew, it I, knew I know. bet his real life wife on Thursday, so it's definitely not Brit Marlon. Ah, re- real life wife, cool. Real life wife. <laughs> real life wife. Awesome. Um, what was I going to say on the? What was your second bit of news? Well, discovery. Does anyone have any idea when it's coming out, season three? Have we got any clue at all? Because I, I don't I know. No, because I'm a big fan of Discovery, but I can't remember. I was going to ask you guys. It's this... I don't think it's been announced, to no. be honest. I think that's still sitting up in the... It'll be, it'll be after Picard's finished. I, I yeah. would imagine there's some sort yeah. of agreement there that they don't run at the same time. Um, but after that, I don't think any dates have, have been sort of given out. It's definitely this year. That's all I know. If they finished filming, I think they've only just finished filming. So. Uh, uh, it could be, it could be the tail end of this year, I suspect. Yeah, so it'd be probably the, the fall, as they say, uh, in America. Cool. Has anyone got anything else? Uh, I read Una McCormack's uh, new book. Oh. Uh, Star Trek, Star Trek Picard: The Last Best Hope. Yeah, good. Which covers kind of uh, Picard's uh, the, the period when the Romulan supernova is about to go up, and he's getting his rescue fleet sorted. So we get a lot of backstory to. Um, Picard and how he was, and to Raffi and uh, and Agnes and and all those sort of people. So yeah, it's really good. I'm not going to try and I'm not going to put any spoilers in. No, no. Not going to let anybody know anything. But uh, it does uh, paint things in a different, slightly different way. These episodes that are coming out at the moment. So cool. What's your what's I your recommend? What's your lights out of five, John? What for for the for, book? For book, aye. I'd say I'd say it's a good four lights. Four lights. That's yeah, a, that's it's a good, good it's a good book. That's a good number of lights. Awesome. Well, talking of Picard and that, let's get on that train. Who are you looking for? Bruce Maddox. I found him. We must extract him. Are you serious sending us down there looking like this? We really need to sell this. We need to show a little panache. You're killing it. Something's not right. An ambush. little trail there to tickle your taste buds uh, I'm going to do a bit of a fact hunt uh, before we crack on <laughs> yeah, so this, this was written by a new writer on the show so far uh, Kirsten Bayer um, she's done a couple of Discovery episodes um, 
a one I can't even pronounce, Sivis Pacem Parabellum. Uh, All and, right. And the Saints. Uh, Saint, uh, yeah, uh, Saints been imperfection done loads of Voyager novels, and uh, Discovery novels and comics, and she she she's apparently the one that was the person that went right. Let's let's um, do Picard. She's one of the executive producers and uh, show creators or whatever. Um, yeah, and she's the one in about in 2014. Apparently, she was the one sort of um, pitching the idea uh, to Alex. Um, what's he called? Kurt, Kurtzman. Kurtzman. I can't believe my mind just went a blank. That's terrible, isn't it? Uh, di- <laughs> directed by Wynum Dynam Frakem, uh, Jonathan Frakes, legend, uh, and yeah. that's and that's that's the fact hunt over. So that's a relief. That's oh, over. Why? What's wrong with the fact hunt? It's, it's, it's just you know. I like the fact hunt. This is more more of you speaking, Bob. I, I don't know. I'm sorry, Bob. Well, Sucky's not here. You're going to get the uh, you're oh, going to get all my argument. Philip has offering to do next week's fact. <laughs> yeah, well, if you do, if you do a fact cut, John, it's uh, happy to do it. Yeah, happy to do it. Cool. Anyway, let's. What, what did we think of this? Uh, since you're talking, John, what what have you got to say about this episode? Did you like it? I think this episode was the best one so far. Yeah. 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 And it had yeah. so many Easter eggs in it. It was ridiculous. It was great to watch. We got loads of like callbacks to Voyager, to Next Gen, to Deep Space Nine. And uh, it, was, it was all a little bit overwhelming at points. But And, and there was so many scenes that flashed by here, here and there and everywhere. But I just loved it. I thought it was great. And I, I loved the, uh, the pacing of it. And I loved, loved Picard's French accent. And things like that so yeah it's great oh, overall cool. that's my thought Andrea I loved it um, I, I think going back to something I, I said about a previous episode I, I think the opening scene is, oh. is something that, that's going to be discussed for time wow. and memoriam to be honest with you um, yeah. and one of the things I said I loved about the Borg was that opportunity to go through that kind of exploration of body horror Um which I, I think is a kind of different dimension, and it was graphic, but I, I sort of was expecting the camera to pull back, and it didn't. didn't know. And I quite liked that because yeah. I think if you follow sort of Seven's story through that episode, she needed a reason to kind of yeah. go and shoot an unarmed woman and for you to still find her a sympathetic character, and there it was. And I think you needed to see that in all of its horror to be able to follow that story through and still yeah. think actually like yeah go and blow the bitch's head off um <laughs> i would have really i would have really liked to see each like getting captured just a little bit of each and and seven that wasn't him lying down on the table but yeah, yeah. i guess why well and also the, the, I, I see people have been kicking off about it not being the original actor um who yeah each in um in Voyager, which is a shame because I quite—I know people don't. I think people are a bit negative about his character uh, from Voyager, but I—I I, I really liked him. I thought it was an interesting story. And, I think, and he, he looks—he th- looks all right. There's no reason why he couldn't have done that. Be careful here, because I think it's my understanding, or certainly my interpretation, is it's very clear that the reason the actor wasn't hired was because of the actor, not because yeah. of his portrayal. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, what, what did it? What's the rumor? He's got some. It's not. Uh, it's he's not got a rumor. Very stuff, hasn't he? He's it what? Is, He's got some dodgy Twitter stuff. Some of the stuff he's said in the oh. past is not very good and stuff. Yeah. So I can understand why they've kind of distanced themselves from him. No, that's fair enough. I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Uh, Lindsay, what did you think? Um, I enjoyed it. Mm. Um, so I. I don't, hesitant. Yeah, I'm going to caveat it a little. Um, so I'm going to caveat it with an example. So there are some episodes of Star Trek that I don't dislike, but I find quite difficult to watch. Um, and it's not because of the graphic horror, it's b- 
because of like the sheer awkwardness of the humour. Um, so something like um, Tinker Tenor Doctor Spy, which is the one where the EMH starts daydreaming and somebody taps into his daydreams and they think that they're real. So there's like episodes of like him being molested by female members of the crew and stuff. Like it's 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 very funny, but I find it very difficult to watch. Mm. And the kind of comedy Picard French accent stuff fell into that category. I was like, oh, oh, cringe, cringe, oh. <laughs> it, uh, I think it was done done in humour. I just find that quite difficult. I, li- I mean, See, I, I liked it. Sorry, Andrew, go on. I, fe- I felt more than anything, I know there was the dodgy sort of French accent, but mm. I think the comic relief in the episode really right. was Elmore. Um, with yeah. this sort of cluelessness and like, are we still pretending? And I found that cringy at first and I went away and thought about why have they done that? And I thought, well, actually, his life experience is that absolute candor. Yeah. He's not used to yeah. people telling lies and being duplicitous. So there is a sort of a narrative sense to it. And I thought his timing was quite good, actually. I think he did a pretty good job of kind of bring in that sort of comic element which I think that episode would have been really dark and heavy without Definitely. something lighter in the story I, th- I think it would have would have been a harder watch without it he's sort of like um, the, the, the data Spock yeah that's what of, I was going to say and, yeah. I, and, I, and I quite like that uh, and Star Trek does that very well there's always a straight man in every series yeah and, and he's cool I like him yeah he, he, and it's weird because he's not really done or said much apart from chop someone head off and say a few bits but I'm, I'm, I'm on board with him I think he's great I mean, we did get an entire episode uh, last week with him, and very little of him this week. But yeah, he was he was funny. Yeah. I thought I think I think he definitely needs that, and it's very Star Trek to have that kind of yeah. uh, that kind of humour in there, cringeworthy as it may be. And I possibly agree with you, Lindsay. So he's a great. I, mean, he's a, he's I understand a, why the humour was there, and I, I'm not saying it shouldn't have been there. No, it's just, I get it's you. just something that I personally find quite challenging. Can we just talk about my 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 Captain Rios who, who just <laughs> walked up him Daddy in his hat? Um, <laughs> I, I, I just thought that outfit was just it was just spectacular. Yeah. Um, I mean that guy could carry off any outfit. He's that good looking. So it's difficult. I'm not arguing. I'm not. <laughs> He's cool, like, and it was all cool. I, I loved the whole thing, the whole setup and uh, the disguises, and I love Picard. You know, you could tell Patrick Street was enjoying it as well, being daft and French and that. Um, uh, it was just cool. I it was kind it was... of a heist setup. The way yeah. they were kind of the, the heist was going on, and then they'd flash back to the prep and uh, was, that they were the, doing in the chateau. And there was no sort of back backstory to a degree. This did it go back in time and show you the bits this week? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, they did. They showed you. Uh, they showed you seven years ago, didn't they? The chip. Right. Oh, sorry, fact, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry. They've been doing that at the start of every episode. There's always a flashback. So sorry, yeah, right. you're right, John. Apologies, but yeah, I, I, sorry, I meant because there seems to be a lot more, a lot more time spent, like for, sort of five, ten minutes, rather than just a quick grim. Yeah. But that was enough with that because it was really grim but lovely yeah. at the same time. Uh, I, I kind of liked about Space Vegas as well. Um, I think which was a really <laughs> nice little touch actually because I think we imagine one that they live in this kind of moneyless for the, the good of, of society and humanity kind of, of system um, and, and there's this seedy underworld um, which is a nice sort of counterpoint to the, the imagined utopia of Starfleet um, but I like the advertising yeah. and the way the advertising was targeted yeah. Um, yeah. so 
and Elnor was disappointed because he didn't get one. Um, and it's almost like I like that parallel, the social media. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you've ever looked anything up online, you'll suddenly find that you've got adverts for it on Instagram. Um, and I like the way sort of they were specific to each individual um, and they totally made sense why they were being shown that kind of advert. So like Rafi obviously picked up on the fact that she'd had a drug habit um, and it, it kind of drew on that. Um, I think Gerati's w- was to do with robots. Yeah. Um, so so they, it was targeted and we see that all the time actually and it's quite a nice little parallel and I thought that was a clever touch. I didn't realise because I didn't re- I, I'm a bit slow the uptake sometimes at this whole cookie thing accepting blah blah. <laughs> and literally all I get is Eagle Moss starships uh, and knives and, and uh, swords. That's that's my adverts that are targeted at me. Have we been searching for swords? Because yeah. I get all sorts of nonsense, mostly involving getting married or having babies. <laughs> Neither of which are in my imminent future, it should be noted. M- mine's are just so- swords and starships, it's cool. Uh, so, I, I, so do go- regularly, I do regularly tweet um, shit from Wish. Uh, which is, is kind of shown to me on Facebook. But I noticed, I Googled a hotel a couple of weeks ago and it's appeared on Instagram, it's appeared on my Facebook. It's definitely a thing. And I kind yeah. of like the fact that, like, it would become so sophisticated, you don't even need to look for anything. Or it's going to, like, it's targeting what's you. happening in your head. Um, well, it's, it's, worked. So it's, it's, it, it's worked. It's worked. I'm currently surrounded by four, seven... Um, Large model starships from Star oh, Trek. Oh, swords. No, I've just got four. Oh, that's I've, got, I've, got, I've got, I've got, I've got four knives at the moment. Um, I'm looking to build that collection. I don't do anything with them, by the way. I open my Amazon deliveries with them. That's about it. Do you but need, it, uh, it, do it you need a leather sheath making for one? Let's have a little ad, ad, let's have an adverti- advertising break, John. Talking about advertising. No, no, sorry. No, no, talk about your leather sheath. I want to know about it. It's just a leather sheath, Bob. I, I'm, I regret bringing it up now. Is, is it on your channel? Your YouTube channel? channel. What's, that, yeah. you, what's that channel called again, John? That's simply woodworking, Bob. Simply wood. But simply this, woodworking. But this is leather. What's it going to hold? Uh, it's going to hold a, a carving knife, so it is tangentially. Oh. So we could do a, we could, we could do that. a deal then, couldn't we? we? You know, I need a little knife sheath. So that's yeah. Nice. I've got very competitive rates as well. So mates' rates. Yeah, I'll do it for free. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, anyway, <laughs> advert break. <laughs> advert break over. <laughs> uh, now I know Andrea's got a, a small novelette of notes, and I want to make sure that they all come out. So, Andrea, um, re- re- read well, to us. <laughs> I think that the sort of the key thing in the episode for me was sort of the idea that Seven's relationship with, with the lady who I'm going to be honest and say I thought was called Vajazzle for most I of did. the episode. I did, I did, that's all I um, heard. And I thought she looked like Diana Troy. Yes, she, she did. did, she did. I wonder if she's a Betazoid. Uh, Maybe. Because I think the reason she looks like Diana Troy is because she's got, well, she looks like Diana Troy, but she's got really dark big pupils. And also the same kind of... Well, yeah, it could be nothing, but I did wonder. It's a strange choice. Well, she's dead now, so, I mean, <laughs> the point the point is moot, I think. Fair, fair. <laughs> and she was supposed to apparently, originally, when they concept, conceptually uh, came up with her as a character, she was supposed to be a member of the feline race from t- uh, from the animated series. Ah, oh, really? Yeah. That would have looked too much like cats. It would probably get bad, bad <laughs> right up. Well, either that or the, the cats from Doctor Who. Oh, they're the cheated people are fantastic. Oh no! Oh, the but, cat nuns. Oh, the cat nuns. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. I got. I immediately go old school, old school and classic, and straight back to Sylvester McCoy because he's my hero. Such a nerd. Yep, I am, and then that's why we do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Very fair, very fair. <laughs> um, um, but yes, so originally we mistook her name. <laughs> Vajazzle. Vajazzle, no. yeah, uh, which conjured images both lovely and horrific. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I feel like I'm happy to say that, that, that they gave you enough there to sort of say that Seven is now canon queer, um, which has caused um, ripples amongst the, the usual sort of quarters. Um, I think a lot of fan fiction writers sort of punched the air as they were watching that scene. Um, and they very much left the Chakotay situation um, unmentioned, um, which did I feel you, like... Did you say canon, canon queer or canon clear? Canon queer. Yeah. Oh, what are the... They had a relationship, is that what you well, say? You felt... leave it kind of uh, ambiguous, but it's implied, isn't it? I think it's strongly implied. Um, yeah. That was my takeaway. Um, but I think that sort of that weird relationship with Chakotay that was kind of shoehorned in and it didn't make any sense to anybody mm. um, has, has just been kind of brushed over. Um, it should be noted that Kirsten Beyer, who wrote the Voyager novel set after the end of it, kind of ignored it. Yeah. Uh, sort of set after the end of Voyager, she ignores it and you, moves it back in the direction of the canon, or the the, the sorry, canon's the wrong word. Moves it back in, in the direction of the the relationship that had been long set up, which was certainly between Janeway and Chakotay. Have have you have you read any of the novels um, by Kirsten Byer? Yeah, quite a lot. Uh, not all of them, but yeah. quite a lot. Good writer. Yeah, I think so, and she certainly creates a world. Um, I stopped when something happened. Um, that I wasn't entirely pleased with, but I understand that that gets resolved in later novels. Mm. Um, I just need to like plow through some that are about characters I care about less, um, and we'll leave it there. Cool. How, how, how big are your notes this week, Lindsay? <laughs> um, they are. I try and keep them to two pages so that I don't end up ruffling pages how, all over everything. How, how big is the writing? Uh, quite small. Um, <laughs> there are, however, about seven different colours this week as well because there's lots of stuff. <laughs> lots, lots of stuff. Come there's on then. Lots of stuff. Um, okay, uh, where to start? Um, I so I I had quite a visceral reaction to that original scene that has caused quite a lot of reaction. Um, it kind of died down quite quickly when I realised that there was like a Borg implant going on there. I don't know what that says about my feelings about. Uh, people with Borg implants um, but once I realised that that's what it was it felt slightly less unnecessary if that makes sense mm, yeah. if, it had, if it had just been a regular eyeball being pulled out it would have been like well I don't see the value of that mm. um, I I love I love that she comes back I love that they've included Isheb I didn't expect that to happen no, at all but I thought it was quite nicely done it was quite a surprise when I it saw it yeah. Yeah. Um, I did think that her adding of the my child at the the emotional crux of the moment felt a little clunky. Well, um, I think we saw a very different seven, you know. Oh, absolutely! I just, I, it just, I, it kind of, I was like, it jumped out at me, and I was like, I don't, I wondered if it was there to make sure that people who didn't think, yeah. know the relationship that she had with well, him in Voyager would I, still understand. I mean, I think the, the only sort of bit I sort of recognised of Seven from, what, 20 years ago or whatever, uh, was when uh, Picard asked, asked how she was and she went, you know, functional or whatever but apart from that, because I've been back to watch, I've been watching, re-watching um, uh, Measure of a Man and I've been watching the Voyager episodes with um, well, a couple with each uh, epin, so I've kind of had a fresh take on her and then watching this one was a bit weird um, not, not in, a, not in a, a bad way or in a really good way um, and it's just she's this journey she's had over 20 years she just plays it so well um, 
like I said, I mean, you, you can see character progression there. It's good. Massive. It's not. It could have been so. It would have been so easy to play her just as she was, but she played her just as she was, as if it had changed over what an intervening 14, 15 years or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I, it's interesting because we got to the end of it, and she does what she does. Um, and I've literally written this stunt is classic seven. Uh, she overruled her humanity. With, like or overruled what Jamie was trying to get her to do in the name of being more human, um, about fifty percent of the time anyway. Um, yeah, like maybe not so much towards the end, but she has always struggled with that balance. I think, which is entirely fair. And I thought that moment between her and Picard was absolutely stunning. It was. Yeah. Uh, well, I think as well that, that, that it's, she's definitely more. Well, she's definitely human now. That, that I think the Borg elements have kind of left her. And obviously she's become a ranger or whatever and been fighting against, you know, what they perceive to be evil. Um, the forces of Mordor. The forces of Mordor, yeah. And El- Elrond, and, uh, or El- Elder, <laughs> whatever he's called. No! But it's a, it's, a cool, it's a cool take and I think she's played it brilliantly. Uh, and I'm kind of chuffed for her. Um, I, I, I don't know if Lindsay will sort of like what I'm going to say here. Um, but uh, Kate Mulgrew, is it Kate Mulgrew? Genoa, yeah. yeah, she was like horrible. Uh, yeah, horrible. I mean, I mean, and I mean, evil towards yeah. towards uh, <sighs> towards seven, basically yeah, off off screen. When you watch it as well, when you watch Voyager, you can't tell that though. Uh, and I think she, Kate Mulgrew, uh, regrets it as well. Um, you know, with the way she was and stuff like that, it was complete jealousy and all that kind of thing. Um, and I, I, I kind of thought, yeah, good, you've had your chance to shine, and, and you, sh- you shone like it was just class. I thought she was just brilliant. I was really worried when she was uh, consoling Echeb and about to shoot him that she might shoot her own arm <laughs> as it was wrapped about him. But apparently the the, uh, the the whatever she shot just stopped inside him, so that's good. Yes, absolutely. I was going to say, I think it needed to be personal. Um, mm. She talks about him being the closest to kin. She calls him child. Um, it makes her very lonely in the universe. And in terms of motivation, I think it gives her that kind of I've got nothing to lose in this situation. I've kind of it sets her up as someone who doesn't have anybody. Mm. Um, well, that may- it's that kind of lone kind of it, and you can see why she's been drawn into doing what she does. And I think there's a there's a really interesting kind of part there because uh, the the collective and the lack of a collective was a really important part of her story arc on Voyager, um, and finding a new collective was really important to her. So this idea that whatever has happened in the intervening years, that that has somehow fallen away. It was well, a, hopefully, hopefully we'll see her again as well. I was going to say, yeah, left the card, didn't think, she? Left the vigilante that, card. She left the vigilante the card. Signal, and, and, the yeah. vigilante signal. And also, she, uh, that, those words she shared with Picard, I mean, that, he is another person that's in a similar situation to her, so he might become uh, part of her fam, shall we say, uh, no, no, we, we, we will not say that, John. We will, <laughs> we will not say that, that John. That's awful. You don't get to, you don't get to say that anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Like there were there were a couple of things when they were speaking that I was like, I, I, it just it grates with me a little bit. Um, so um, I can't remember if it was Rafi or whether it was um, Rios that said, oh, "She used to be a Borg like him," and I'm like, well, they weren't the same though, and that that that's a struggle that I've always had. Like the the difference between being assimilated and being used by the Borg, 
and well, being like she was a child when yeah, she went he, into the collective. He, it doesn't it doesn't matter. He was assimilated. He was assimilated. The both were assimil- you know, assimilated. Yes, but, but Picard was part of the Borg for maybe I don't know, eight hours? No. Um, <laughs> it, and it wasn't it wasn't quite the same thing. But like I would I would differentiate between those no, two they, things. They, like, they, I understand they have well, to But essentially at the heart of it, they they were they both experienced being Borg and having to come out of it. That's the that's the But that doesn't doesn't hold up because Picard came out of the Borg and was pretty much back to himself after spending some time with his family. Whereas Seven of Nine took four seasons and still wasn't human at the end of it. Yeah, but they mentioned that, you know, she was so special because she was taken as a child and that's why she's got all these implants and da da da. You you don't get that with uh, people that were taken as grown ups or whatever. Um, Yeah. But there was still. I, 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 I agree with all of us. Um, well, well I, I can see what you mean, Lindy, because yeah. because uh, Seven, uh, if she was assimilated as a child, she doesn't have any, uh, doesn't have the emotional sort of uh, structure that an adult would have in going back out and to be a human. So she became a human again, but without any experience of what it's like to be an adult. Yeah, yeah and they definitely have and things I can in common. But, but I think I that think conversation with Picard though was a massive kind of hint that he hasn't. It has changed him. That yeah. there is still part of it with him. And to me, when she said, "I'm going to take," she she took a couple of guns and sort of beamed away. That was him saying, "I know where you're going, and I know what you're going to do, and I'm not going to say anything about it." I, I, uh, I mean, he so- must have known what where, where that kind of why was she taking those? Um, I think he knew full well what she was off to do. And I think it was a little bit of a case of, "Well, if I'm not there and I can't see it, then." Well, I think th- I mean what, what best of both worlds was. What season two into season three was it of TNG? Um, fairly early on, and that never yeah, left. Three Pica- to four, I think. Three, three to four, sorry, yeah, and that never left Picard ever. That whole experience. That, that, yeah, that, but it didn't take him four seasons to become human again. No, no, right, I don't. No, but that that, <laughs> me, that, that mentally. The length of recovery is relevant, though, surely. Well, no, I don't, I don't mean physical. Mentally, that's never left him, and it never will because it was. I mean, I, I, personally, I remember that that that, that two parter. And it absolutely blew my mind. Like the, yeah. everything about it was just, just what? Wow! This is so. There's no getting. But get, there are other people who have been assimilated by the Borg. Now it isn't quite to the same extent. But Tuvok, for example, is assimilated, and his neural blockers fail. Now, obviously, his role within the Borg is different from Lacutus's. But, like, I, I just think we need to be careful at differentiating these things like I just don't, I don't think I, their experiences are the same but clearly the script writers don't feel that way and neither I, do you so maybe I, I just I just that up that was, that, was, that was a very deep conversation I enjoyed that very much um, I think it's from a character's perspective as well because I think if, if you've never been through that you'll just assume that what's happened to him what happened to her are the same yeah. thing so I think you probably would describe it as like him. Like I, I think from another sort of character's view of it, I don't think they would necessarily see the difference that they've yeah. both kind of been assimilated, been part of the Borg, and and that's the same experience. And I think you could probably say that for anything that you've not personally experienced, you might kind of lump people together mm. and, and not really know that it is different. So Raffi and Raffi and Rios, I mean, from their perspective. They've not said anything that's incorrect, does it? Have they? No. It was just. No, but you, if Jean Luc Picard would never be described as uh, Jean Luc Picard, the Admiral from Starfleet, ex Borg, like it, it, that doesn't, you know, what I mean, it hasn't been such an important part of his identity. I think um, is is something that I would call out. Well, they also say she's from the Delta Quadrant, which isn't true. 
because she's from the Alpha Quadrant and then she gets taken to the Delta Quadrant and then she gets rescued in the Delta Quadrant (laughs) and brought back to the Alpha Quadrant. Oh, I love it. I love it, Lindsay. I just love it. I love it. I'm full of the cold. Clearly, it's a very Voyager-centric episode. This is right up Lindsay's alley. Oh, no, yeah. 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 A bit too much Lemsip, Lindsay, as well, I think. That's probably what it is. Yes, drugs and alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) On a lighter note, can we talk about the pianist in The Free Cloud The dwarf! The dwarf! I love dwarfs. Uh, I think they're amazing. uh, What? (laughs) I'm not entirely you sure that's the correct terminology, sir. You shouldn't have. Little people. You shouldn't have risen. You shouldn't have raised that. That was a bad move. Yeah. <laughs> I was, well, what I wanted to say is that she looks so much like her outfit and the fact that she's playing the piano is pretty much where it ends. But she reminded me so much of the babysitter from Beethoven, who plays Lady Marmalade. <laughs> the, the, the dog film. Yeah, I have a clip. I'm going to send it to you because it's the funniest thing in the world. And I saw her and I was like, this is all I can well, think of. I so this is really, quite, bad, really bad podcasting, but I'm now sending you all a thing so that you can watch it. I, I, quite like, I quite liked how she was playing the piano at the start and then when all the dance music kicked in, she was still sat at a piano, just like sort of waiting for it to end, maybe. Well, <laughs> me, me uh, uh, John, John knows how what I think about dwarfs. I think. <sighs> what? Oh, can we? <sighs> what is it? What have I said? You're allowed to call them dwarves, Lindsay. I think you are allowed to call dwarves. I just, yeah. I just, I just don't think you're allowed to sort of. Look. No. Label them no, as no. just, just uh, right. No, no, John. No, John. John no, no. I'm, no, I'm going to say this. It's, this is yeah. uh, this is me not being. I'm not being dwarfist or anything because I think they're mint. Time wow. bandits and all that stuff. Jesus. One of my favourite films. And then the Hobbit came along, or, or Lord of the Rings, and they made them all CGI. So are they all lost the jobs? We've done this before, John. Some of my best friends are black. So. <laughs> no, but I, then, I'm going to walk away from this conversation. <laughs> no, but yeah. all I'm saying, it's, it's nice. Life. It's nice to see dwarves so employed do- again. And then I'm going to return to John's comment of some of my best friends are black. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can, anyway. uh, can we take a tiny step forward for this? Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, can we talk about quirks? I'm, I'm going to change. I'm going to change the subject. Thanks, uh, yeah, the complaints rolling. Um, can we talk about the nice, sickly, sweet Dr. Gerardi, um, which I knew was shorthand for right. cold bitch, um, yeah, and cold I was right. She's lovely. She um she murdered her ex boyfriend and yeah, then cried some crocodile tears about it like really <laughs> like that's not a good person. Well, I, I, this is uh, this we is, don't know the context, though, do this we? Is, yeah? This is a different. Yeah, we, it wasn't the case of her just turning evil. You know, like going from from one character to a completely different one. She's still the same character, so I think she still has a good heart. But whatever she knows is that bad that she's ha- she's had to do what she's done. Um, or she is innocent and she's been manipulated by yes. the big oh, yeah. well you want Commander O Commander O might have Vulcan mind melded her and shown her something from some future who knows well, there's a whole big it's thing still, that It's still a leap, though, to just think, oh, well, yeah. we haven't even yeah, had yeah. a conversation. I'm just going to finish you off because I've heard some bad things. Like, <laughs> it pretty much, tra- you know, it, it, she was sat, like, watching a little video of him, like, making some cookies and having a few little tears. And then it was like, yeah, I'm going to bump you off, basically. Um, I'm just waiting for my moment. So, yeah, I think the other thing I thought was a bit of an issue with that scene is... The EMH. Yeah. Kind of, he he was saying or he was saying to her that her heart rate was elevated and that type of thing. And then he kind of popped up and said, What's happening? And she was like, Oh, nothing sod off. And he just went away. And you would yeah. think there'd be some kind of sort of protocol there, some kind of safety feature that that would stop that happening. I have literally I written the EMH safeguard. <laughs> <laughs> 
because if they learnt nothing from Voyager's EMH, surely a little bit of automaty, uh, a little bit of it, autonomy is a good thing. I do also find it really odd that he's clearly programmed to appear in the case of a psychological or psychiatric emergency, but not in a medical emergency, because they arrive with like a half-dead person. And yes. the EMH didn't appear, whereas if she got she got stressed, the EMH appeared. Yeah. So whether that says something about Rios or whether that was purely just for plot usefulness, nah, I think it may be plot. But yeah, it's a, it is an inconsistency. Mm. Um, I did think it was really interesting that. Um, so, uh, sorry, my brain is really not. Here. It's all right. <laughs> Refer to your notes. I know, and I can't read them because clearly I wasn't. On on for when I wrote them either. Um, what's his face? The uh, the robotic guy. Oh, Bruce Maddox. Bruce Maddox. Yeah. Maddox. So when Maddox is speaking to Picard, um, so they have that really in depth, intense conversation about, oh, did you find her? Is, does she have a sister? Where is she? And he knows exactly where she is. So obviously there's a big master plan going on there. Yeah. Um, and he they speak about. Uh, people lying, it's lies upon lies. And when he speaks about not just the Romulans, he thinks there's federation involvement. I am going to call this back to the Vulcan thing. I am increasingly convinced that um, the super secret Romulan organization was in fact formed before the separation of Romulans and Vulcans. And that the involvement of the federation sits in the Vulcan part of the federation. Yeah, um, it's, it's, that's a good, it's a good little uh, conspiracy theory. I like it. It'll be interesting, but I do think well, it's either that or Section Thirty One, and I feel like we've done that. Uh, oh, section Thirty One. Nobody likes Section Thirty One. <laughs> well, I, like, I, I think Section Thirty One has its point, has its place. I think it's been quite interesting. I quite like it in Enterprise. I wish we'd had a bit more of it in Enterprise to a certain extent, but that's because I love Malcolm Reed, and I'm sure we would have had more Malcolm Reed plotlines. I know. I think Section Thirty One's a brilliant idea. I just don't see why they need to put them in like leather clad them and make it all a bit yeah. a bit pantomime. It, yeah. I, it I, I quite like that. I think we should. Leather trousers. Here comes Andrea. All right then, but but I mean we, we've not seen the proper series of Section Thirty One. It might be great. We don't know. It's to be fair, it's it's gonna have Michelle motherfucking you yo in it. So, did, you just, um, did you just swear, Lindsay? Lindsay just I swear. swear. Oh, that's, her, that's her official name, Michelle motherfucking Yo. That's how, yo. That's how You've got to add the extra Yo at the end as well. Yo. This is amazing. Um, so there was no fucking in it this week. No fucks, was there? No bad language, which was no fucks given. No uh, fucks given. There was also there was also no cube action, so there was no incest or anything. Of yeah, such. that was good. Was, uh, there was uh, Mr. Vup. I want to talk about him briefly. Mm. Yeah. I thought he was great, and I just he just eye rolling. He was like, Ugh. all that sort of stuff, and I love that in a character. And yeah, it's a pretty. He's dead, isn't it? Is he the lizardy henchman? He yes. was. He was a yeah. proper good henchman. Sentient lizard species. And I love the fact he could smell lies and all that. Do you know what I mean? It was like that was cool and they had to put the inhibitor into everyone. No, no, no. They sent him into that with a ton of drugs in his system and I'm not entirely convinced that was a good plan. It, it was class when they went the kick in in time and he went, yeah. It <laughs> was like, awesome. There's a lot of drug, so drug taking. off his face. This there's, does not seem like a very sensible there's plan. A, there's a lot of drug taking. I'll call it. I'm, I'm enjoying Picard from that point of view. Um, talking of drug taking, Raffi. Oh, Raffi. She is Awesome! What a brilliant actress. Uh, yeah. I wasn't sure at first with the old jail and all that kind of stuff. Irrelevant. 
that whole thing just it wasn't very long uh, but it added so much depth to her character and I, I just thought she she's mint she's I don't want to harken back to the Una McCormack book too much yeah. but it but it covers everything that went on before in her relationship with her husband and with Gabe uh, yeah I'm not going to say any more than that but she is doing the role some justice I think uh, she's she's starting I mean I was like you a bit Bob at the start I was like oh, she's a little bit cliche and all that and mm. vaping and all this but she is I mean the the scenes that we got in that uh, fertility clinic place um, they rounded her character off great and I think she's coming out of it, it more it, interesting every time oh definitely and I think it was the way it was played by her it was it, it felt really real and domestic and current and now mm, yeah um, do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it didn't feel a bit spacey and all that. It felt very real and now. Um, what? Sorry. No, no, I have three points to make about that. Scene. Oh, three. <laughs> the, fir- the first one is my the first thing that struck me, which is apparently we're still sorting babies into pink and blue, uh, which made me slightly grumpy because we had like a pink baby on one side and a blue baby on the <laughs> other side. And I was like, really? It is like Space Vegas, though. It's not like it's, I don't really not- care. Oh, I just it's think enough. <laughs> Like, yeah, it, it made me cross. And what Ooh. what happens if you're a part of a species that has more than two genders? Which we know there exists in the Star Trek world. So clearly this well, clinic doesn't serve you. I, I think it's just a universal accepted sort of way of doing it, I think, well, at that time. Well, it's nonsense, and I'm calling it out. Well, <laughs> no, that's good, that's good. I never even would have thought of that. Awesome, nice one, Lindsay. You've got another point, a couple of points, haven't you? Uh, yes. Um, Gabe's wife uh, is a Romulan. I thought that was quite yes. interesting. Is I she, wonder if that's going to come back. That's what I was going to I ask. Mean, is she Romulan or is she Vulcan? Definitely Romulan. Oh, she, she's Romulan, and yeah. also uh, it, it puts into uh, a different perspective that when she was talking to his mother about her conspiracy theories about Romulans, mm. and he's well, he's got it, a, yeah. a wife with a, a sprog on the way. Yeah. Well, I was I was kind of thinking about that, and to be honest, Free Cloud doesn't really seem like the kind of place you go to to start a family and and have a nice sort of traditional family life it, it seems a bit of a is sort it, of but is it a, a pleasant place to, to be sort of going yeah. to clinics and things is and that it, kind of made me think why are they there is it, a, it, is, it, it a, is it a planet though or is it like vegas on earth do you see what i mean like a small a planet. planet so uh, it, could, it, it could just be like one part of it that's a bit vegas and the rest well, of it's, yeah but you wouldn't say i'm going to vegas if you were oh, sorry, from the other it, side of the galaxy you would say it, i'm going to earth to this place oh, called sorry. vegas yeah, it, it might well be like, that, it, it might well be that romulans uh, having a romulan wife is a uh, and not the done thing for humans yeah, possibly and he's had to I, go I, somewhere I, like that and I, th- I think it, it, it kind of it seems like a place people go to hide or not be found yeah. or get up to no good. So I can, that my first kind of thought was, why is he there? Mm. Um, and I wondered about that sort of dimension. Is that kind of that marriage to a Romulans? Does that cause him issues elsewhere or or what? But mm. I, I did think it was quite an odd choice of location. So I, I would imagine that there's, there's some explanation of of why he's ended up there because it doesn't seem like a a great place to be. It does also work in terms of the plot in that Rafi needs to get to Free Cloud and they need to get to Free Cloud too. But hopefully there's more to it than that. And I do think I'd be surprised if they gave him a Romulan wife without it coming back at some stage. Um, Do you have a third point, Lindsay? I do. I do. Um, Rafi, speaking about the Conclave of Eight again, um, Mm. and I think that's going to be really interesting. Um, clearly it's got to do with super secret organisations and who is in the know and who's not in the know um, could, it, could it be a, a conclave of eight different secret organisations 
It could. It could. So, like you've got Section Thirty One, you've got the Tal Shah, you've got whatever other ones exist out there. Oh, well, there's the Cardassian, whatever. Yeah, I can't remember it. Yeah. Oh, what are they called? That's awful. Ah, oh, no, no, I'm going to remember this. Um, well, well, let's not let's not haste. Let, let's uh, move on, and we'll come back to that point later. Because otherwise, it'd be quite boring. Us going, hmm. Oh, uh, 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 I'm googling it. What was it? Cardassians? Kim Cardassian? Oh, it's C, isn't it? Not the other. Yeah. No, we're going to yeah. do it now. We're going to do it now. This is fantastic <laughs> audio. Cardassian <laughs> secret. Because it, yeah, because it's four lights in it and all that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, I don't know. I can't think of anybody else who's got a secret organisation. Do the Klingons have one? No, it's not Klingon, is it? It doesn't sound no, like like no, no, no. secretive. Shadowy organisations don't sound like Klingons would like that idea. No, uh, but that might almost make it more controversial and therefore quite interesting. Yeah, well, we better be keeping this because it's doing my nothing. Now. I, was, I was looking through at the uh, uh, Kardashian news because there's all sorts going on there. Uh, it's the Kardashian Intelligence Bureau. That's it. No. Was it Kardashian <laughs> Intelligence no. NC? No, what did Garrick work No, Obsidian Order. Yes. That was some fantastic fucking audio. That, like, <laughs> oh, it was so tense for me. Though. At least I, I have an excuse. Literally, literally, proper Star Trek fans are screaming at their phones yeah. or what device they're there listening to. There is no such thing as a proper Star Trek fan. Oh, okay, sorry, Lindsay. Um, <laughs> right, you've had Sorry, that. I am just not. <laughs> You're a bag of, bag of fun could, tonight, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> don't make me laugh. Don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, she is. John, sorry. Um, was that you coughing or John? You there? Uh, uh, yeah, I was just under the Vulcans of the secret police or not? I don't know. I'll Google that as well. Uh, and- Andrew, have you got any more points while I'm googling things? Um, I-, I think just around that kind of Ruffy story. I think my first sort of impression when I saw it is I got that Sarah Connor vibe, and I think very much you've got that kind of character, haven't you? You've got that yeah. woman who is very tough and very brave and very strong, and has this very hard shell. Um, but actually she's quite a damaged broken mother trying to fix yeah. a relationship with her son um, and I'm quite drawn to that story yeah. and I think this week more than anything um, I sort of chose her to draw this week um, and I was very sort of I wanted to see more of her story I, I think she's really kind of even though it's a short scene I'm massively interested in her as a character now there's a, there's a great deal of depth and I think well for me personally there's a, a lot of association uh, and I, I just thought she absolutely owned it and, and did did it fantastic justice um, Vishar 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 that's the that's the Vulcan intelligence agency wow there is one you see uh, there you go clearly I'm naive <laughs> I, I I quite enjoyed the fact that Rafi is still getting like quick one liners as well though like we, or certainly not yet we haven't turned her into just a, a kind of angsty mess and I love an angsty mess more than I was going to say that like your, your catnip <laughs> it is but I do like them to have a bit of like you know nice about them still um, so I loved the line about um, none of your broody existentialist spaceman routine yeah <laughs> That was that that, that amused me greatly. It was a good. It was it was so dark and so fun. This episode. It was. Yeah. It had all the elements and just it it, abs- it was absolutely bang on for me. I think this was pretty much perfect television for me personally. Anyway, um, yeah. I know that. Have you got? Any, do you do, do you take notes, John? Uh, 
I didn't take no, a single no, note this time. No. I, I'm not a note-taking person. Um, uh, I've watched it three times, though, so I think I probably yeah. you know, absorbed it. Oh, no, there was, and I think no. there's a lot in it as well. You couldn't just watch this once. I think you needed that t- two or three times uh, mm. to pick out as much as you can, really. Um, Andrea, how are your notes? Um, I'm just having a scan through now. Um, I think they're definitely trying to kind of play the idea that Rios is, is quite fond of Dr. Gerardi. And I yeah. wonder if that's going to, is that going to compromise him? And so is he going to have to make a choice? Because she's obviously, she's done something she shouldn't have now. Um, and I think we're waiting for the repercussions of that. Um, and I think they've dropped enough hints in there that is that going to make life difficult for him? Is he going to have to make a decision whether or not to kind of cover something up? Um so I think that was signposted. Um, we still haven't seen the Rikers yet. Um, oh, who no. I, I, I'm rechristening the Troys because that's definitely <laughs> the situation there. Um, and I think it did a lot to move the narrative forward. Um, I think where we've had a lot of build-up and backstory, I felt like even though there were those sort of Easter eggs and those callbacks, it was really sort of driving that story forward. They're heading towards the cube now. Um I think it's kicked up a notch. I, I think we've, it's kind of coming together now. Um, and I, I feel like, it, in a way, it was the best episode so far. It, it was very well fraked, paced. See what I did there? He's, he's, mm. a, he's an awesome director. I just love the way... And he, he does action and the, the, the character stuff brilliantly well. Just his shots and angles and how he captured it, I think he's just an awesome director. He's a brave man to have, uh, well, not Jonathan Frakes, but Riker is a brave man to have married Troy, considering Roxana Troy is a mother-in-law. Oh, I love Roxana Troy. They were the is awesome. worst episodes. No, 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 I didn't like her at first, maybe couple, but when she kept coming back, I was like, "Yeah, mint." <laughs> and there are one or two moments that are really lovely, and the yeah. one with her and Odo stuck in a lift, I thought was absolutely beautiful. Sums it up out of how many episodes she was in. Oh, but you, appre- yeah. you appreciate them more, John. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I, do. I still appreciate the the ones the episodes I don't like as well because they all build on the whole thing. So, the yeah, it, it, it falls back to that. It might not be your favourite, but it's bound to be somebody's favourite. Yeah. Um, cool, uh, Lindsay. Have you got notes? More notes? Notes? More? <laughs> More uh, of the variety. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of things. Um, so there were some really lovely callouts uh, or lovely little Easter egg things. And um, we had a Quark's bar and a Mr. Mott's barber, which I really liked. <laughs> um, there was a callout to Ferenginar and the Breeden. Yeah, um, there was. Which uh, is something that would be awesome. That, uh, we're, regu- we're regularly um, getting we're regularly getting callbacks to nearly each series. Well, you say you say callbacks. It's it's part of the universe, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, it's yeah. But like, quark, like the fact that there's a quarks bar on free cloud yeah. is is like a little yeah, Easter egg oh, of joy. Yeah, it is class like it. Awesome. Yeah, so I really enjoyed I'm, things like that. There are a couple of great quotes as well. Um, the only thing worse would be giving up. I think is one that will probably live in the canon for a long time. Um, so that was lovely. Like when um, when Seven's speaking about how yeah. how awful and how pointless it all is, mm. um, I think that will probably. Well, there's that quote quarters for Mister Vup as well. Like, I think you must have eaten smoked meat this morning. <laughs> yes, did you have smoked meat for breakfast? <laughs> um, in terms in terms of lies, I really like what Maddox said about the, the, that he'd created something perfectly imperfect. Um, 
and it's almost like the sort of the pinnacle of, of, of building a machine is for it to have human feelings um, and I really yeah. like that I think that really kind of summed up what he was trying to achieve and that, why that was always his his problem though that was why the measure of a man yeah. uh, he was always trying to attain what he saw as perfectly imperfect in data and he was never to do it all his life until until clones yeah until yeah, which is presumably why he speaks about Soong and I and you um, yes. Although I have not finished the book yet, so who knows? Well, I, I was gonna, just, um, just to sorry, so just to, while we're on Bruce Maddox, because I, I went back and watched Measure of Man as well. Um, I just love this. Like one thing that scared me in Measure of the Man, I love Data. I think he's one of my favourite characters in Star Trek. I think he's brilliant um, and all that. But then when the, the, the thought of them being thousands of Datas and how clever he is and what he can do, it scared me a little bit. You know, after seeing Picard with the, the whole synth revolution and all that kind of stuff, which is, you know, obviously what what went on to happen. Um, yeah, it was a bit, why why did the actor was he a bit weird on Twitter or whatever? The the dude that played Bruce uh, Maddox. I think he just doesn't act anymore. That's the thing. I oh, think he, he's he, uh, reti- well, I googled. I think it. he does other things. I think he's kind yeah. of gone off uh, in, right. in different directions and. Because he was he was he, he was really good um, in Measure of Man. So it was a bit yeah. like, well, why, why was he not in it, kind of thing? But I mean, the current, the, the Bruce Maddox from this one did look, look looked a lot like Michael Sheen. It was I quite did think that too. Oh, yeah, it did a bit. Yeah, yeah, fair it enough. disturbed me a little bit. I think it was the hair and the beard as much. It was, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I did. It, I, um, I made a note about Picard being not quite so well known this far out because, like, the idea that he's taken his 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 patch up and he's like. To be fair, if you were trying to hide the fact that you were Jean Luc Picard, pretending to be French is probably not a great <laughs> Yeah, that was ridiculous. And you'd have thought, you'd have thought him being actually French, you'd have had a decent French accent, but that was all over the place. Well, I quite like it had that sort of allo allo quality. Yeah, it, it really did. did. Like, it was like <laughs> trying to put on a fake yeah. accent, which I enjoyed. I was, I, just, uh, I was just pissing by the door, and uh, it, was, uh, it was class, that. And you know, like I think they were kind of doing that, but like, and you absolutely have to suspend the disbelief. But even when he revealed who he was, the fact that they were all like, "Oh, you're John Picard," um, I think is interesting because we kind of take him to be this, you know, star mm. of stage and screen. Um, it's a flamboyant disguise. I think the right. more flamboyant they were, the more disguised they were. I think down there. Um, it's good though. It's a good excuse. Have you have you, <laughs> have you dredged all your notes, Lindsay? And the only other thing that I have is the fact that uh, Seven talks about Icheb having been on the USS Coleman mm. on leave and helping out, but he's in uniform when she goes to find him. Yeah. And I was I'm... like, oh, interesting. And I, I don't know whether that was just they put him in uniform to make sure that we knew that he'd stayed in Starfleet and that was a thing. And she just... feels that they abandoned him or whether it's another little something that might come up later in the mix. We don't know. You would have thought it would be quite dangerous for them to have... Uh kidnapped uh, somebody from Starfleet well uh, she's, to, to she explicitly office. states that he was like off duty like he was he was on oh, I can't remember yeah, yeah. on leave, on leave. Yeah. there we go um, which when they go on leave they don't tend to wander around in their uniforms particularly mm. not in situations where that's going to be complicated um, there's a whole big thing in Enterprise I think about them going down to earth and they're not supposed to wear uniforms yeah they, mm. wear, they wear like so quite Beige, beigey brown clothes, don't they? Like with <laughs> that look like a bit like homeless. I don't mean no, like no, like I mean like they're a bit, a bit rough. No, but but they're a bit rough looking, aren't they? You know, like they don't dressing, look like. I always think people wear dressing gowns in yeah. Star Trek. Yeah. When they're not at work, they wear a dressing. I mean, dressing I do guy. when I'm not at work. <laughs> I think pink I'm silk fine, but... Don't forget the pink silk nighties. Yeah, when a, when a pop into spa, 
I'm in, I'm in my Doctor Who Tardis dressing gown because I fit right in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's 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 Lindsay, uh, Andrea. I know you have a lot of had had a lot of notes. Have we covered a lot of them so far? I think we've covered most of them. I, I suppose the only thing that the other thing that's come out of the episode is there seems to be a lot of chatter about a sort of Seven of Nine spin-off. Um, and I've not seen anything official confirming it, but people are talking about it like it's kind of a, a fate accompli and it's happening. Um, well, there, and- there, there was a, there was a, like I was saying with uh, our first podcast, there's a, was it Section 31? There's talk of the uh, Aston Mount and uh, Ethan Peck. Aston uh, Mount? So I, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's because my microphone is called that um, and it's on a mount. Uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah uh, Captain Pike and Spock spin-off and there was there's one uh, we know about the, the cartoon or whatever but there's one which we, people were thinking was the starfleet academy but it could be this everyone because they, they didn't know nothing's being confirmed or heavily nice. rumored so it could be that getting very heavily saturated with this stuff aren't we mm. yeah I, I, i'd be surprised if they went with it as and i think it could be quite interesting but i think it becomes quite samey with what we're yeah. currently seeing yeah cause um, it's, it's going to be dark isn't it yeah, and I think while it would be lovely, and I have said on the Trish Sphere and in other places, that you know there, it would be very easy to justify having you know half the Maquis crew and half the crew from DS9 and various other people having defected to go join the Venerous Rangers, um, which would be lovely. Mm. Um, I, 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 yeah, I'd be surprised, but you never know. You never know. You might, might just get an entire series following Chuck Ote as he walks around the Rockies, does some camping. You know, just. <laughs> Uh, this is the land of my father. <laughs> Do some pan pipes. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, because he used to wear pan pipes and one of them um, f- like. Camp- whenever he sp- whenever he spoke about his sister, he always got pan pipes in the music. It was amazing. <laughs> speaking of music, though, speaking of music, the best. Yes, yeah, the Voyager yeah. theme tune. The Voyager theme was yeah. given a note. As a, 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 so there was a thing going around Twitter um, where, um, in the soundtrack, not so much in the actual show, but there is when Seven appears, there is a little beautiful line. Uh, from the Voyager theme, um, like I say, you don't really get it in the mix in the actual show, um, but then obviously this week there was no missing it. Like she's standing oh. there, and you just got this incredible swell. And obviously Voyager being my favourite, um, I love the theme, and it just like it just it gives me goosebumps. <laughs> amazing. I was very happy about it. Cool. It felt melded in as well. It didn't feel out of place. It, it felt like out of place. Whole, the whole thing was great. Yeah, it was yeah. In the same way that the da, 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 at the end yeah. of the theme yeah. has all worked quite nicely, I felt like it worked really well there. Jeff, Jeff Russo, what a composer. Um, has everyone said their piece? I think I, so. I reckon so. Uh, it was really nice to have uh, Seven of Nine kicking ass at the end. Proper kicked ass as well. Yeah, she's blasting that. We've got Stormtrooper Raim as everybody she's fighting, but <laughs> it's all good. It was just a, a nice kick ass way to uh, say goodbye to her, at least temporarily. Hopefully, she'll come back in later episodes. Well, he's got the card, hasn't he? Cool. Yes. Should we get our lights out of fire then? Yeah, go on then. Go on. How many lights you see? I asked how many lights you see. So it's time for our lights out of five. What we what we're going to rate this episode uh, before you find out what your live hosts score it. Let's hear what the one that is not on the show. What, the one that got away. What happened to my set? What happened to my actual <laughs> sentence and words? Good, 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 England, Bob. Um, are you going to read out Stucky's feedback, John? Yeah, I can do. Go on then. Right. Having only wood, I'm not going to do it like that. Please do a bit of a I can't do it from yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're broken, Lindsay. Uh, Lindsay, you're right. 
<laughs> is that is that mutterly or some, what, what is that? <laughs> oh, right. right, okay. Go on. Go on. Sucky says having only watched the episode once, just like to say that I called it when I said that Rafi had lost family as well, and that Gerati was a badden, more likely misguided and misinformed. The actress who played the baddie is an actress that I've been watching for a couple of years at NCIS New Orleans with Scott Bakula, star Ooh. of Enterprise. But it took me a couple of minutes to recognise her. Great seeing Jerry Ryan again and being badass as she was. The pain of losing an adoptive son is enough for most people to exact revenge on the people responsible. The ridiculous costumes the crew wore were hilarious and the French accent was truly terrible. Overall, an enjoyable episode, and I'll give it four lights out of five. Oh, well, thank you. Thank I can't do a Birmingham. I'll try to do a Birmingham accent, but I can't. Nice one, Sookie. No, nice one, Sookie. Sookie. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, well you, you've been speaking for a little while there, John. I'm going to let someone else speak. Uh, I'm, gonna come, I'm not going to come to Lindsay, because she's still trying I to think. breathe. Uh, Lindsay, go on. <coughs> um, hello. Yes. Um, I think I'm going to go with four lights as well. Um, it gets a little bit off for me just because I had to watch the comedy bits between my fingers. But yeah, not a really good episode. Cool. Andrea? I said I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to give it five. Yeah. Because oh, no. I can't fight. I've tried yeah. to fault it, and I think the pace was perfect. I think it had a, a mix of, of sort of light and shade, so it wasn't a completely depressing episode. It still had sort of bits that were, were funny and it drove the narrative forward and, and I cannot find anything wrong with it, so I can't really justify doing anything else, to be honest with you. There are five lights! Awesome. <laughs> wow. Is that the first time that's happened? No, I give uh, the first right. one, uh, episode one. You give one five out of the time. You don't really count, bud. Oh, thanks, John. Talking to John. Right. Talking to John right. and, his, and his attitude. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, uh, I think I can't give it five lights because I like to have somewhere to go later on in the season in, in case there's better episodes. So, because it's such a good episode and I liked it more than any of the others, I'm giving it four and a half lights Ooh, out of five. Cool. Well, I went for four and a half initially, um, but I scored rem rem Remembrance, episode one, five. And I think that was just an excitement score. Um, but you can't mm -hmm. go back, you can't change it. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna join Andrea on a five, Ooh. without a doubt. That was awesome. Strong um, episode. It was so strong. It was just perfect. Anyway, enough of what we think. What do you think? We're gonna listen to our sorry, read out our listeners' feedback. So what do you think? Uh, just before we kick off, just to remind you that we, we really do love uh, you writing in with your thoughts on the episodes. Uh, and don't forget we are running a competition uh, whereby at the end of the, the season, this season of Picard in our award show, where someone gets the opportunity to win a little bit of wood from John that he's made a little Star Trek badge. Uh, so you, you get to win that. And we're just basically going to pick someone that we think's contributed or been the best contributor or listen to the feedback person that we've had so yeah don't forget about the competition anyway first off Joby Hook I'm still a couple of eps behind enjoyed it mostly uh, but wasn't it but, but, but was expecting it to be a bit more gritty wow really you, you, need, to, <laughs> you need to catch up Joby uh, enjoy the stuff on the bog ship thank you very much 
Right, so we've got a Bruce Wayne from Twitter. Um, great episode, but a shame that the scenes weren't actually inside Quark's bar and that we only saw the haunt in the background on Free Cloud. However, special congratulations to Picard for his attempt to bring back a lower law. Told you. Um, to the late 24th century, I wasn't sure whether he was going for the I was just piss- <laughs> pissing by or it is I, Picard. I shall say this only once vibe. Um, but the cheese board would have been welcome with the futuristic synth pop being played. Of course, everyone suspected that Agnes was up to no good with her timely visit to Chateau Picard and her insistence on coming on the trip. Um, but don't count her as a baddie yet. Um, there's, is it, there, oh, I can never pronounce it. Zatvash. Zatvash. Yeah, that. Um, must have pulled us <laughs> some pretty big whoppers to get her to murder a love like that. So for the moment, I'm on the fence, considering her weak-minded fool until proven otherwise. Mm. John Boy? Uh, ship's Deep Dive. He says, uh, I knew she was a piat. <laughs> that damn doctor. Good episode the OTT costumes like Star Trek meets 70s pimp, which gave it fun comical angle. Seven's backstory was great and sure, and sure we'll see her again. Feels it feels like it's moving along nicely. Cheers, chaps. Um, I've got Amy Michelle from Twitter. Um, what do we want? A Seven of Nine Rangers show? When do we want it right now? <laughs> uh, which I think might have been our most popular piece of feedback so far this week, um, including uh, a comment from Ship uh, Ship's Deep Dive, yeah. which agrees uh, yeah, yeah, that he yeah. also wants it. Cool. Uh, we've got Rachel waiting for Picard Kirk uh, at RV Kirk on Twitter. Uh, I knew it was going to be uh, the Echeb and uh, sorry, I knew it was going to be Echeb and it still broke my heart. I really enjoyed the episode though. It was it it went dark. It went from dark to fun and back again. Completely agree. Do you need your glasses? Probably. <laughs> I was actually trying not to choke. <laughs> so I was doing that. Yes, Andrea. Um, we've got Terry, hashtag we are Alex Kurtzman, um, which has, has been a bit of a theme this week, actually, people declaring themselves to be Alex Kurtzman. Um, I may have, or may not have joined in. Um, uh, who's at Tell the Trekkie from Twitter. Um, enjoy the cast. Just one question. Did anyone actually like Echeb? Um, and he's, he's got a few responses on that one. So we've got Amy who says nope, but I felt seven in that moment. Um, and Tim Morris who's at Trekkie Geek, um, not particularly when I watched Voyager as it was aired. I've just started to rewatch and still only in season two. I'm interested to see how I feel about him now and know his future. Mm, John. Deb says, uh, wow, what an episode. At last, the series gets going on an epic way right from the beginning. Such a graphic end for Echeb but justified in that it triggered Seven's anger and desire for revenge. The characters grew. I even liked bargain basement Loki, already with his flaming quivers, hair straighteners plugged in on standby, no one will let him play. He's quite sweet, really. His disappearance at the end of the episode makes me think he's feeling so left out. He's gone off to catch up on the earlier series, but got hooked on repeats of Loose Women. We might not see him again for some time. Great twist for the series to keep going on about Maddox. Gets us all excited, find him and then kill him off. Why is Picard still not missing number one? Can she at least make a hollow version? Picard has clearly been watching Monty Python's Holy Grail way too much whilst in living in his chateau, but I love the disguise. What did Starfleet show Dr. Aggie? Also, don't tease us by having Raffi's son called Gabriel and his last name not be Lorca. Did you know I miss Lorca? Still loving the podcast and I dream of John's wood. Well, well thank you, guys. Thank you, Dad. Oh, 
Someone, someone's in the lead at the moment for winning your wood, John. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, for a young man by the name of Mark Atkinson, um, uh, who does the uh, Prog to Who podcast with John and Sucky and a gentleman <coughs> called Craig. Check it out. Um, it's an awesome podcast. Um, it used to be a bit bare, but it's still, it's still really good. Um, oh. <laughs> Mark says, another enjoyable episode. Seven and nine was great. It's a real shame uh, if she's not joined the crew full time. Looking forward to seeing uh, where it all goes from here. It's another eight out of ten from me. Thanks, Mark. Um, so I have got Mark Cocker uh, from the lovely Nerdology podcast, oh, um, which you should definitely listen to. It's the most recent episode. Of. Um, why is that? Uh, why, is, why is that, Lindsay? Uh, <laughs> it might have featured me. <laughs> <laughs> Talking quite I, a I've lot listened about... to it, and it's an excellent episode. Thank you. It's mostly me gushing about how much I love the Eighth <laughs> Doctor, uh, despite having only seen the film about two hours before we recorded. What? <laughs> I know, I know, that was the whole point. Uh, In any case, what Mark says about uh, Picard is, um, I thought it was a bit of a mixed bag. I hadn't expected Trek to be so gory. I'm not sure we needed to see the detail of the surgery in quite so much detail. Rios got his time to shine and 7 and 9 absolutely stole the show. Um, I'm guessing Lindsay Lowe and Osborne for the Voyager music kicked in. Yes. Yes. Um, And it seems uh, that those of you who thought Agnes was a bit dodgy, oops, sorry, I've just broken my phone. Uh, bit. Uh, those of us who thought that Agnes was a bit dodgy uh, were proved right. Um, I can't quite decide if Picard's French alter ego was meant to be funny or not. I'm hoping it was. Yeah, <laughs> um, Elnor seemed to be channeling data with his n- naivety concerning the team needing to pretend to be other people as part of the heist to extract Maddox. Uh, we also get to see the consequences of Raffi's addiction and how it has impacted her family. I'm hoping that the series arc begins to pick up a bit of pace. Overall, I'd give it 3.5 lights. Oh, he, he understands now what <laughs> doing the 3.5 lights well done Mark and yes do check out Nerdology particularly the most recent episode or if you want to go back through his back catalogue I am on it a couple of times as well Um, finally uh, we have uh, a little just a little little, uh, bit of Facebook uh, comment or whatever from Dave Paul Morgan David Paul Morgan well another engaging episode thank you very much indeed for your feedback keep it coming and don't forget you can win John's little bit of wood I think I think I think Deb's it hashtag John's wood yeah, I think, I think John quite liked that. Hashtag just what? Yes, please. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Right. It's time for, it's time for my favourite bit of the show. Uh, we're going to vote for who we think this week's red shirt. So, it's time to vote for who we think has been the worst host this week. Um, and they will become red shirts and we will decide how to kill them off. Now, I'm going to vote first. I'm going to vote for Sucky. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's not here. <laughs> we like to think alike. Lindsay, are you all right? I was just going to check on your health, and then you can tell us who you're going to vote for. <laughs> yes, I'm, <fine>, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to vote for Bob. For I knew you would. Being awful. I wasn't, awful. I wasn't being awful. I, I wasn't being awful. I wasn't being awful, by the way. No, you were. I wasn't. I seriously wasn't. I just. It makes me happy. It makes me happy. That's all. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not being horrible. I wasn't just laughing. Move on. I wasn't move laughing. On. I just was like, yes. Move on. John. You, Bob, the dwarf <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andrea. Well, I was going to vote for Suki because he's not here and he's molesting pirates. So that's <laughs> a good enough reason to me. 
Um, cool. But I am quite tempted by Dwarfgate. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to get on the all bandwagon right. after yeah, all. I'm just going to stick myself down, number one. Just gang up on him. Yeah, How are we going to kill him, though? How are we going to kill yeah, him? Come on, He's going to be beaten to death by dwarves. <laughs> yes. End. Oh, God. Like time bandits and that, when they try to kick everyone's ass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> small oh. people, yeah. So I've been beaten to death by small people. Awesome. So it's me. Oh. I, what? I, what? Warwick Davis is going to fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? We're going to set John Reese Griffith on you. I just, <laughs> I, I just told him all at arm's length. Um, right, so let's. <laughs> anyway, enough of this. It's, ter- it's, getting, it's getting bad. Uh, so, cool. Um, I'm going to end this right now. I'm dead. <laughs> Next week, uh, episode six, The Impossible Box, directed by, uh, is it Mayor Vivillo? Vivillo, I think it is. Mayor Vivillo. She's directed a Discovery episode, Perpetual Infinity, and done a short trek as well, that runaway one. Um, So that looks quite exciting. But there has been uh, some titles revealed for seven, episode seven uh, and eight. Um, which is seven is Nepenth Nepenth I think it is yeah well well, I I can't read properly it's just (laughs) weird words isn't it Uh, and then it's directed by Douglas Aran Eoski or something like that uh, and he's directed Discovery episodes, The Sound of Thunder, Through the Valley of Shadows. He's done a Star Trek uh, short trek, the, the Brightest Star. He also served as co-executive producer on this season uh, of, of the first season of Short Treks and of Picard. Uh, eight episode eight, Broken Pieces, uh, directed by Maya Vivillo again. Vivillo. Vivillo. Thanks very much. Yeah, that one. Uh, and nine and ten. Don't know the titles yet, but directed by. Akiva Goldsman. Yeah. Yeah. Well so, done, man. So that's good, isn't it? Anyway, thank you very much for listening <laughs> this week. And we'll, we'll, you'll hear from us next week where we do review episode six of the Impossible Box. Directed by John Dwarfgate. Oh, my God. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> do you not want to say bye? You've been rude. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> Anyone else? Goodbye. That's it. Politeness. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Till next week. Till uh, next time. Goodbye. In a few hours, we'll be on a board cube without authorization. This cube is under Romulan control. I believe she's close to discovering who she really is. We have to get there as quickly as possible. The journey always begins with the closing of the eyes. What's happening to me? You must take me to her now. They are in some serious trouble. Let go! Let go of me! They are not responding. Hey!